It is May 20th, 2022, 5222. The Deuce Deuce. Here we are on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, Joby Alfricano, and NYC Demon Diva Issa tonight. Talking about AEW Rampage and SmackDown. There was one reason we all tuned into SmackDown tonight, and maybe it was the unification of the tag team titles, but I think it was another set of tag team titles that we were all very interested in seeing how WWE would address, and we'll talk about that and much, much more tonight. But before we hop into it all, Alfred, what is going on in the news? Well, this is hopping into it, and that was a great transition. I love that comparison between the two tag titles because, yes, we were excited about two things, and they both got payoffs. We got a payoff in the main event, which me and Issa were skeptical about this, thought maybe it would be a schmoz. Nope, it was a payoff. And then uh, after, before that clean finish, right before the main event started, we did get our biggest news story to lead off this show, breaking news, if it were, that Sasha Banks and Naomi have been indefinitely suspended from WWE. Michael Cole basically reiterated the talking points from the press release. He said that Sasha Banks and Naomi let down the WWE universe. They quote, disappointed millions of fans, acted unprofessionally, uh, laid down the title on John Laurinaitis' desk, as was in WWE's statement, and walked off. So not only are they suspended indefinitely, uh, they are also stripped of these SmackDown or these women's tag team championships. There will be a tournament to crown new champions for these women's tag team titles, which continue their odyssey. And uh, it gets juicier because... Earlier in the day, story broke uh, based on uh, Kazim from Muyade, who used to be a writer for WWE. Yes. Uh, shout out to Kazim. He's a great guy. Uh, and he said that he claimed that Sasha Banks and Naomi don't have much time left on the contract. Could be as little as two months. So wow. that is something to keep in mind, that Sasha Banks and Naomi's contracts seem like they're very close to coming due. I know a lot of people talking about potential freezing of contracts and whatnot, but with only two months left, they do have a tremendous leverage. And I think it changes a lot of dynamics of this story. But with all this developing, I'll throw it to you, Issa, in terms of your reaction to the suspension and what you think about these latest developments. I think the the way they announced it was untasteful. Um, and I didn't I didn't like the announcement. I thought it was you can leave all this backstage drama backstage. You could have easily said that they're relinquished and there's going to be a tournament to crown new ones. Um, you could just tell that was either scripted or fed to Michael Cole. And it was just, I just mm -hmm. felt like it was completely unnecessary because while I understand that maybe you need some consequences, the so superstars don't think they can just walk out and, and get away with what they want when they're not happy with creative. I do understand that maybe there needs to be some consequences to those actions. You don't have to bring all of that into you know TV, especially right before the main event too. It kind of like, I'm glad that the match had some time to kind of like, you know, get over what you just saw and move on to the main event because it was an excellent match. But I didn't I didn't think that WWE handled the announcement of this very tastefully. You could have just said the tag team titles are relinquished and we're gonna have a tournament and just leave it at that. Um yeah that's that's my opinion on that. I really really just didn't like the announcement at all. And what 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 tournament we we wish teams what Doudrop yeah. and, and and Nikki ASH and, and that's Look it. That. <laughs> this was also a perfect opportunity to unify it with the NXT um, tag titles, you know. But of course, they're just thinking on the go, and maybe they're not sitting down. And maybe they should have given themselves some time before they made the announcement to sit down and think what the right decision is to make here. Because in in NXT, those tag titles are not really doing much either. So it would have been a perfect time to kind of like create a tournament where we unify both titles, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so another development in a second on that. But hey, if we're indefinitely suspending 
people in WWE for letting down the WWE universe. I mean, come on. I, I can think of a couple more names that uh, should be at the top of that list. Uh, including so WWE, including WWE, who let a lot of people down during a pandemic when they fired hundreds of people, didn't honor those contracts, but uh, including WWE, yes. Uh, so as tipped off just now by Eric Wells in the chat, you search for Sasha and Naomi merch in WWE shop, you get Uh-oh. a big fat zero. These, hey, listen, yeah. these negotiations are getting tough. This is WWE trying to control the narrative. This does not surprise me at all. This is straight out of the WWE playbook. This is Vince saying Brett screwed Brett. This is the company trying to take the narrative, as you would expect them to do. You know, um, I am siding with the athlete here, and that's how I see the situation. I'm very pro-athlete. I see Sasha Banks and Naomi as athletes at the end of their contracts, and they don't like the creative. And for a host of other reasons, they're now using that leverage to get out of those contracts. And this is, you know, Aaron Rodgers did the same thing with my Green Bay Packers, and it only resulted in him becoming the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. So it's I just think it's hilarious that Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi being suspended, that suspension is as real as those titles. It's it's basically with two months left in their contract, it's basically them saying, I quit. No, you're fired. Like they're at right. the end of their contract. Right. So them being suspended is just, a, it's a, it might as well be storyline. Even though this is shoot based, it might as well be storyline. This is all just one big contract negotiation. And as upset as WWE is with Sasha Banks and Naomi, the last thing they want is Sasha Naomi showing up in AEW and they know that and they could show up like that with so little time left on their contract so uh, I just think this is all back and forth negotiation and uh, we'll see how it get, goes yeah wow very petty move on their part that they pulled the march yeah this is this is right out of the playbook I'm not surprised by any of this very very crazy um look if I'm Tony Khan I'm thinking I would almost make a point that those contracts can't be enforced. I would offer to foot their legal bill and get them on AEW and use them as the reboot of the AEW women's division. Look, if I look, okay, Tony Khan, I know you watch this podcast. I know you're a big fan and I know you love this hat and I will give you this hat (laughs) if you just ask nicely. And I'll also give you this piece of advice. You're a billionaire. What joy do you really have in life at this point? You know, they say money can indeed buy happiness if you have enough of that. But if you have too much, it, it becomes irrelevant. What does it matter? What does it mean? So I would suggest that you, Mr. Tony Khan, could perhaps find joy as a billionaire in screwing over another billionaire in the name of Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So why not get a hold of that paperwork, get the finest legal minds to comb through it and figure out, is there a way, is there a ground, is there a loophole that you can break this contract and get... Sasha and Naomi on AEW television ASAP. And I, I think can't wait, again, can't wait to see them at 9 30 p.m. every other Wednesday. Well, I think you know the main event yeah. every week. But you need joy, TK. You know, you've bought everything else. I think this is where happiness might truly lie. The idea of Sasha Banks and Naomi showing up in AEW is great for fans. It would be a great moment. It would be a great sea change in wrestling. The execution, I have questions about. This is a company and a fan base and an ecosystem up and down wrestling that knows nothing about women, that does not know how to book women. And unless you need a mean girl character, it's not going to know how to really dive deep and connect with any women. So, you know, it'd be good initially and they would get paid, which is also what I think would be a great thing for them. But the execution of their characters in AEW, good luck with that. Hey, if Tony has learned anything, it's that, again, money can't buy happiness, but it can't buy ratings. It can't sustain them, 
but it can buy them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can buy a whole 300,000 people on Friday. I think yeah. this could... Uh, I think if they get Sasha Naomi, and Alfred, you talked about this, AEW struggles with finding more resonance with women in the black community uh, and, and so on. This could be good for a couple hundred thousand extra viewers for at the start. And if they can, they can sustain them. I think it's a good strategic move for AEW in the long run. I just, I, I feel, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sound negative here because I want nothing but the best for both of these women, but it's like, Tony Khan could have easily already screwed over WWE with the people that he already has brought over. And I'm talking about male performers. And these male performers are still being booked like crap. So imagine what kind of hopes should we really have for women where he don't even know how to book three quarters of the NXT that we loved, right? You have so many former NXT champions on your brand that you're doing absolutely... Like, we just saw Malachi Black in the ring with Fuego del Sol, for Christ's sake. So if that's how they're treating some of the guys that have jumped over over there, how are they going to treat the women when they do absolutely nothing with the women? I just feel very iffy about that particular switch for these women. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Issa. Best case scenario, they get paid big time by WWE, potentially reset the market for women in wrestling so all these people confused of what they're doing. That would be another plus. And uh, they stay with a company that clearly knows how to develop their star power and that I think they're a better fit with uh, at the time. I mean, I think this is a chance for them to do a real reboot and have a division that is infinitely more meaningful um, because they're bringing in to two of the biggest superstars in all of professional wrestling, let alone women's wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And let's not forget, because this gets swept under the rug and even ignored in the narratives that have been developed about the situation. Sasha Banks struggled with depression. And she said in her documentary that wrestling broke her and drove her to that. So if she's in any situation that she feels that she does not want to be a part of that could potentially trigger that, I'm all for her leaving it. I don't care if it's before a show. I don't care what the timing is. The priority here is her mental health, which is the number one aspect of this entire thing, I think. And her leaving tells me that had she stayed and just grinned and bear it, like some people are saying that she just needs to do her contract and be a professional. If she would have done that, it could have possibly triggered another mental health episode. And that's something that I know that she's working to avoid. Well, and if you've got two months left, if it's really that low, okay, strategically, do you want to ride it out and have, you know, the typical exit send off? Maybe she ends up getting squashed by, you know, Aaliyah or something. And then, she decides what she wants to do after that. Or do you want to be a fucking legend and just walk out on taping yeah. day, belts on the table, Middle screw fingers you. in the air? Hell yeah. yeah, like Tupac racking out of that courtroom. That's what I'm talking about. Hold it down, the city girls. If wrestling knew what it was doing with women and all this stuff, they would make them like the city girls. And I know that Sasha and Naomi are probably taking cues from things they do, not necessarily ripping them off either, but just kind of taking that spirit and being able to translate it into, into pro wrestling. I think it's beautiful. I think this whole thing's beautiful. They're about to get paid. I'm all for athletes doing this. This is the norm in sports. It's for athletes to unfollow the organization, they'll go back and forth, and then they'll get paid because they have leverage. I love it. And in wrestling, look at all the documentaries, okay? And I'm saying this. This is wrestling. Don't do this at your job tomorrow. Don't, you know, when your boss tells you to do something, just don't start answering every question with thug life and spitting at the camera. That's not a good move. Okay? That's, you know, Chappelle did a sketch about that when keeping it real goes wrong. Goes wrong. Don't do that. But in the world of professional wrestling, you don't want to be famous. You want to be infamous. You want to be a legend. You want to be one of those people they talk about in the documentaries 50 years from now. 
And it's probably the only one of the only industries in the world where that will get you much farther and turn you into a legend than uh, just have you be, you know, someone who was uh, famous and well liked or a good hand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And especially in, in pro wrestling and especially in uh, their positions. I think, listen, all this stuff about professionalism, once upon a time it was considered unprofessional to want to be traded. Once upon a time in sports, you had to play in the same place for the rest of your career. And then one day, Kurt Flood said, listen, I don't want to be in St. Louis or wherever he was, Cincinnati. And he wanted to be traded. And he was seen the way Sasha Banks and Naomi being seen. And now it's normal for players to be traded, to want to get out of somewhere and go somewhere. Yeah. You need players and athletes to take stands like this sometimes, whether you agree with it or not, because I think long-term, the changes will be positive. Yeah. I agree. Speaking of being professional, you guys haven't acknowledged Roman. And that oh, is yes. extremely unprofessional, both of you. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. He's Roman. like he's here, literally waiting for you guys to acknowledge him. My apologies. I, I acknowledge the tribal chief Roman Reigns <laughs> and uh, the dog Roman. Of course. Have you have you, you bought a little vest for him know. with with little like uh, cuffs, you know, to wear or glove? <laughs> no, they don't fit him. Even the WWE had that Roman Reigns collar, and it was too big for him. I, why aren't you on Etsy getting something custom made? Send the measurements in. You know? Hell yeah. Teach him to do the entrance. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's that's content. Content and a half. So, um, let's see. What else we got? Well, we got another major blockbuster news story that broke yesterday. Stephanie McMahon has announced a leave of absence, apparently on her end. This was in the works and it was planned uh, to a lot of employees. They were shocked. Stephanie McMahon released a tweet that said, quote, as of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family. Of course, uh, Triple H recently announced he is retiring from in-ring competition, just recently returned to his uh, duties, which have changed dramatically, which will be our next story. Uh, and, and he also had a life-threatening uh, issue with his heart so that might be behind this there's also been a lot of wild rumors that they're denying any mention of marital strife between them has been denied uh, by people plus the situation but stephanie mcmahon is allegedly going to take a long time off and come back when she's ready what do you think about this isa um there's a lot of speculation and obviously we'll get into who's going who took over her duties right because mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying this is the nikon finally taking over but in my opinion um i'm, I'm not going to speculate about people's personal life i just feel like if somebody deserves a break it's probably stephanie mcmahon who's been doing this since she was since she was a teenager and yeah. i'm pretty sure the stress of continuing to work while dealing with the health situation of triple h on top of being a parent i, I think it's a lot so i i personally feel somebody could deserves to say, hey, I'm going to walk away for a little bit. You guys hold it down. It's Stephanie McMahon, regardless of how we feel about her as a character or non-character. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I hope uh, things are okay, and I hope uh, this is a good break. But, you know, I think of this in terms of succession, and next season, Shiv gets tired of Logan Roy's shit. And he's just uh -oh. like, you know what? I'm stepping away for a while. <laughs> right? We can see that. That could be inspired by I can see her doing that. That would be up her alley. Yeah, I mean, I think Stephanie McMahon has been doing this for a long, long time, and this has got to be very strange what's going on. But again, I'm, I'm speaking, giving advice to people. Shane O'Mac, now is your chance to turn 
Monday Night Raw Underground into a three-hour show. Make your move, buddy. There is a power vacuum, and you need to fill it. I can't right wait. There for the we did I see Shane wait. McMahon be relieved of his duties as well. Temporarily, though, he's back, it seems, in the good graces of WWE. But, yeah, very interesting. Listen, if I'm one of these people in the front office who now has to report to Nick Khan, and he comes in like, hey, so what do you do around here again, man? <laughs> it's going to be some nervous people in Stanford given how how quick his trigger finger is in terms of all the people who have been laid off. So I, I just my heart goes out to all the people coming under and a new administration here at WWE in Stanford, but I'm sure it's all going to be fine. Oh, you know, yeah, and obviously gonna... the priority is Stephanie McMahon and her family. She's obviously doing the right thing, but uh, it's just very interesting that Nick Khan is now yeah. have even more power as if he needed it. Nick Khan's going to turn a WWE into Theranos, you know, just uh, start <laughs> locking everything down, badges to get into different departments. What creative nobody goes in there. You're not allowed in there. You're not cleared to go in there. You know, <laughs> you need to sign an NDA to even yeah. enter the building. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what else we got? Well, our final story is about Triple H related to this. Uh, he is back to his full-time duties as Executive Vice President of Global Strategy and Development, but his duties have changed tremendously, it looks like. Um, looks like even though he's in the office full-time, he has been representing WWE. He appeared at an annual shareholder meeting. Uh, he was talking about uh, the NIL program next in line, but it's Far different than when he was running NXT and pretty much being groomed to be the next in charge or the heir apparent to Vince McMahon. That seems uh, like long ago because it looks like his duties are completely different. Uh, What do you think about these developments, Issa? Um, I'm just happy that he's healthy enough to to just, you know, have any kind of role. And I mean, I I lost hope on NXT going back to what it used to be a long time ago. Uh, But I do think this next in line program could really be something positive for WWE. Hopefully they do take it seriously and run it the right way. I think they could you could find some some stars there. Yeah, I mean, him being back to work, it had to have been tough him being sidelined um this entire time i'm i'm just picturing like if wwe studios made remade mr mom but with triple h just at home and it's just like oh my god i can't wait to get back to work like this is actually much worse than having to go to a nine to five you know and he's just itching to get out of there at this point kind of like tom brady that's probably why he came back from retirement spent like one (laughs) week at home and he was like i ain't doing this forget this (laughs) (laughs) i mean look i mean vince is never gonna retire you know there are some people that just can't have downtime you know yeah, he's, Vince himself says, I'm going to die in the chair. He says it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that is the news. So we got some super chats coming in. Let's see what we got. Antoine Fair, $5 super chat saying, I've been feeling like the bloodline has been getting beat up too much. They need a moment like this to get their heat back tonight. Uh, Issa, do you agree? It was a great moment. I loved everything <laughs> about it. I thought it was incredible. And yeah, I agree. I, I love the crowd reaction. It was it was it, it, the visual of them holding all of those belts at the end. It's a beautiful thing if you're a fan of the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought this was great for the bloodline. You're going to see them all with two belts, which they were teasing a couple weeks ago. And I think that's going to be great for them. I don't think they've been getting beat up too much. I think they're just heels who sometimes you do have to get beat up to build to a match, but they've won all the big matches. I mean, they really pretty decisively won that six man match uh, earlier this, uh, what was it, WrestleMania Backlash? And yeah. they won again. So all they're doing is winning this whole faction. 
I, I do think it, it helps with a little momentum for Roman Reigns since there's no opponents or nothing going into his storyline. Him making it all about the Usos and the Usos getting this win, it kind of puts a little bit more of uh, of a push on what they're doing with Roman Reigns, which is nothing. So it's a good thing he's part of a faction right now. But Roman, I was thinking about this the other day as I was Don't watching. Say it, Glenn. We're gonna fight. <laughs> say it, okay. Say it. So- let me tell you where Roman's at right now. Like I was watching old Yom TV raps on Paramount Plus, which if you haven't checked it, you got to subscribe to Paramount Plus, 50 classic episodes of Yom TV raps. I'm watching an episode. I never knew that Kumo D came out with a response video to LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Mm-hmm. Like they never showed it on MTV. They only showed it on Yom TV raps because if you do something like LL did with Mama Said Knock You Out that's so definitive to establish you and much like what Roman is as champion, like no one could even respond to that. You deliver, you know, you hit the pinnacle of your career and it's almost um, Kumo D who'd gone toe to toe with him looked like an absolute chump trying to respond and rekindle their feud yeah. at that point. And Roman's at that level. Now there's no one for yeah. Rome to feud with Is that Roman. It's part of the reason LL had to stop rapping and move to acting because battle raps were such a big part of who he was. There was no one left to fight anymore. I, I do agree with you. I think anybody trying to go against a tribal chief right now, unless we're talking The Rock, is going to look like a big wuss. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really tough. Uh, Antoine Fair, $5. Alfred, when they suspended their contracts and froze them, uh, they owe that time. It's not running out until they come back. No, That's what Tony Khan needs to fight. No, but you don't need to fight it because this would be a problem if they still had a couple of years left on their contract. A couple of months. All right, go in there and do your John Moxley. Do whatever they tell you to do and then, and then leave. Who knows what's going to happen if WWE goes too far and trying to quote unquote bury them. They're going to create cult heroes out of them and it's going to be even sweeter when they show up. A couple of months to do these with your contract. They played this correctly. You know, it's easy to look at this as some irrational decision that they're making. But them doing this was, seems pretty calculated if it's at the end of their contract, where if they do come back a couple of months, farewell tour, and peace out. You Assuming can, they leave. Assuming they leave. You can free somebody's contract if they can't show up and perform the duties and they're injured, um, or they something is preventing them from showing up. They're suspended indefinitely. This would be like somebody calling a timeout, you know, like the defense calling a timeout when your offense is on the one-yard line you know, and just having an infinite timeout. And it's like, well, I guess we can't complete the game. You know, you can't indefinitely suspend them and not honor their contracts during that if they're willing to show up and work. And you know how else they can add time to their contract is by signing them to an extension for millions and millions and millions of dollars. So this whole stuff about the contract, it's make-believe. That contract is Play-Doh. WWE treats it like Play-Doh, so it's about time a couple of athletes do and tear it up, okay? This contract means nothing. They're renegotiating. They're either going to get a new one or they're going to leave. Yeah. Uh, Jason Hunter, $2, wants to know if I'm going for the Jason Emraz look. Well, uh, if you've got the poison, I've got the remedy. And uh, that's the only Jason Emraz song that I actually know. Isn't it Mraz? Is it Emraz? I always thought it was uh, Emraz, but I guess it's Mraz. I don't know. I did respect, I guess he called his follow-up album, Mr. A to Z. And I was like, that's clever. That's clever. (laughs) Never listened to it, but that's clever. So what do we got? What do we got? God, now we have to talk about actual like wrestling tonight. Yes, if it'll be over before you know it. This behind so the scenes stuff is so much more interesting. Let's Way just better. do a show about that. Let's yes. just do a show about that every week. Hey. About the behind the scenes of wrestling. We won't talk about a single match. It'll just be about all about gossip. We can uh, dunk on like wrestling journalists that get stuff right or wrong, rumors and scoops, and uh, and yeah, we can talk I mean, about the fits, like the fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah, the important gear. thing. 
entrance music. I mean, all the stuff that's actually more important than the in-ring competition itself. Well, yeah, and Hey, if, if you like in-ring competition, athleticism, watch a freaking real sport. Okay. Because this is, <laughs> this is predetermined, right? This is like talking about Hollywood and, and the, the, the pictures and whatnot. But, um, let's talk about tonight. We rampage was on a 4 PM Pacific I'm sure. It's going to do another record rating this week. Uh, it's open with the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews versus Frigido Soul, Evil Uno, and Ten. Uh, Issa, what do you think of this match and House of Black getting that win? <laughs> I thought it was a fun match. I don't like House of Black in this field right now. Um, I think they did announce they're going to be facing Death Triangle at Double or Nothing, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm I'm a little bit better with that. But this feud has also gone on for a very long time for kind of like no reason whatsoever. But as far as in-ring goes, it was it was a fun opener. And it's always good to see them in action. I love seeing um, Buddy Matthews just get so integrated. Even though he looks like he doesn't belong with the House of Black in the ring, he does look like he belongs with them. But he's still so clean cut <laughs> compared to the other two that it just it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Yeah, Alfred. Yeah, this is really good. I thought uh, I really like Brody King in this match too. Him and Evil Uno did a couple big guy spots, and it was fun to watch. Uh, but I thought they're good. I like the House of Black, but I mean, to Issa's point from earlier, I, I just thought Alistair Black is one of those guys, or Malachi Black now, that I just thought when they first had him there, those first couple of months with Cody, he seemed like a guy I thought they could build a company around and being a top star in the main event picture, kind of where Adam Cole is right now. And I just think that he's just in so many meaningless matches now, and it, there doesn't seem to be much juice to him in this faction. Hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and- after and he could their... be feuding with so much better factions. Like there's a lot of a good trios that you could really have him go against, and and you have him like this just felt like a match just to put him on TV. It's like it's that like Cody effect. Cody put over Darby Allen, made him a star, and now Cody's gone. Darby's gone ice cold. He put over Sammy Guevara. Sammy's kind of gone ice cold, although that's a booking. And Malachi Black had that feud, and he was white hot. Now he's gone ice cold. It's that Cody effect, man. This is what they should have paid for to keep him. Wow. The Cody effect on Antonio Gogo never worked out either way. <laughs> he did he did solve racism though, so let's give him some credit for that. And Death Triangle showed up with a tombstone for House of Black after the match, uh building up their match at double or nothing. Yeah. And Pent is really committed to this gimmick. I think the only reason it works, because it does look a little cheesy, but Pent is really committed to it. So I, I think he puts it over. Okay. We'll see. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so we had a gun club backstage with max caster anthony bones is injured when he gets better they're gonna have a scissor party yeah i'm liking the scissor thing i had a scissor party with Britt baker what where was i oh it was at at wrestlecon there's a picture of me and Britt baker scissoring it's great i saw that picture it's a great picture yeah for free too (laughs) for free yeah Anyhow, um, what, Glenn? <laughs> Listen, it, it, it was funny. I always, I always tweet that I would like to scissor Britt Baker, and she hmm. saw me at WrestleCon, and she likes the tweets when I send them out. She likes them. She saw me, and she's like, "It's you," and I'm like, "Gosh, awesome. <laughs> you want a scissor?" <laughs> 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 she was a good sport about it, so it was it. great. Uh, so we had Sean Spears facing Big Damo, and I was like, I know Big Damo, I know Big Damo, and I saw the 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 chest hair and the back hair, and I was like, Oh my God, it's Danny Kane! <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. 
Nice so you recognized him based on the body hair. Because I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, that is absurdly disgusting body hair. <laughs> like, that, you know what I mean? Like most body hair is in like kind of a pattern or wrestlers shave it off or it kind of has a look where it has this uniform nature to it. Oh, but not Danity Kane. Like, I mean, this is like going, he's, it's got like calyx upon calyx of body hair, shoulder hair. Like it's, it's an impressive spectacle. You know, uh, it's patchy in parts. Like it's just, it's, 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 it is what it is. It's performance art. Um, but yeah, uh, big demo. It's on, got... my, it's on my list of things I wish I could unsee. <laughs> Chris Jericho called it a sweater. He said, and he's got a great sweater on. <laughs> Bro. You know, that's why I like Danny Kane or Killian Dane so much when he had long hair because yeah. he looked even more like a wild animal. Like he's got all this body hair, but then a clean shaven head so you know he can groom. It kind of takes away the mystique that he could be some wild animal. I love Killian Dane with the kilt and long hair is one of my favorite NXT wrestlers of all time. He's in probably my top 10 to 15. Pete Killian Dane, people forget about this. Pete Killian Dane was a bad, bad dude. Wow. Um, but he got beat by Sean Spears in like 30 seconds. Yeah, no, no interference or anything. This is a you know, he looked good and apparently he was pretty over with this crowd, but I was very surprised at how easily Sean Spears beat him. Yeah, and then and you uh, have to get Sean Spears some wins here if he's going to face Warlow um this Wednesday on Dynamite. Yeah, I, I personally page. yeah, I personally thought the segment on Wednesday was a good enough job to set up. Um, the match, you know, without having to do this match necessarily, but it was good to see him in AEW. It was just like, you know, the performers wasn't the greatest. Like Sean Spears against a giant that he can beat in 10 seconds is not impressive. Uh, promo from the Undisputed Elite. Adam Cole thinks he's going to face Rilo Kylie in the finals of the Owen tournament. Uh, I mean, that's probably not going to happen. No, it's going to be Samoa Joe, but they're just being yeah. heels. And they pretty much spoiled the result of that match by being so confident about it. Yeah. Um, and the Har- Young Bucks and the Hardys are double or nothing. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm sure that match is going to be insane. Also, what? Kyle O'Reilly yeah. and Adam Cole, nothing we've seen before, right? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Run it back. They're doing the same thing over and over. You know, it might be time to cool off Adam Cole. Like, he can take a backseat and be in the TNT title division and toward the bottom of the card if it means they can bring up some of these other guys they've cooled off, uh, including Miro, who has completely disappeared off the face of the earth. I was hoping for Miro as the Joker. Um, yeah. This last oh. Wednesday, I thought that would have been awesome to just see him make his return and see him against Samoa Joe in AEW would have been a fun match. Yeah. Well, uh, Alfred, what did you think about Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander tonight? I thought this was good. I thought this was her best match, Red Velvet. I was rooting for her to win. 50-50 booking by AEW to give her the Entertainer of the Week. The Sports Entertainer of the Week award went to Red Velvet, and then she went and lost. So 50-50, but still a very good match. I like uh, Chris Statlander. It's good to see her back. It's just I don't understand what this gimmick change was. Like, I know she changed and she's wearing new gear and she has new music. What was the change exactly? She's still an uh, she got She got her Earth citizenship. So yeah, now she's she naturalized can. now. Yeah. Really? That's the, they were putting that over? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's a good story. <laughs> I was happy for her and everything. No, but they've done this in WWE. It's like when Bray Wyatt went solo, they didn't mention the Wyatt family anymore. Like, I hate when they do that, when it's just like, reset, you know? They were just talking about UFOs. They just had a, uh, the government, the Pentagon just talked about UFOs and whatnot. That would have been a perfect opportunity to do something with Chris Statlander in terms of linking that, but. 
Oh no! See, they're onto her, and now she has to lay low on the alien. Yeah, see, that's what it is. That's what it is. No, this was a really fun match, though. I like this. Chris Statlander got the win in advances in the uh, Owen Hart Women's Tournament. I personally thought that Red Velvet was going to get the win here, given that we kind of like threw Chris Statlander in there as a last-minute replacement yeah. for Cheetah. So I really going into this and with the baddies kind of like being so over with Jay Cargill right now, I really thought that it would have been great for Red Velvet to get the win here. But overall, it was a fun match. Good to see Ruby Soho in commentary giving continuation to the match that they are going to have um, for the in the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, uh, we had a promo. From Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Dan Lambert, who dresses like he buys his clothes at uh, Costco uh, <laughs> in the ring. Like, seriously, dude, you're on national TV. You know, like <laughs> these shiny shirts on Amazon are like 30 bucks a pop. I'm just What's like, wrong with Kirkland Signature? I, I own some Kirkland Signature clothing. You know, I get my Costco clothes, but I'm just saying, like, you're on freaking national television, dude. Like, try and look like, I mean, you look like you were dropping your kid off at AEW and somehow found your way backstage and somebody thought you were like, famous to put you on tv <laughs> you know it was like, a very baggy something. sweatshirt fit yeah i'm it just was. saying do something man have your stuff fitted you know get get some stuff tailored look nice what do you bring it on the heel. that's how i get to eat. and you know what i think because the main event here, they they dress all flashy so by comparison it stands out even more because ethan page is in like a fitted pants he got the capris on with no socks and he's got the hawaiian shirt that he stole from me and then he's got scorpio sky with a two chains and they're all fitted and dressed in gq and then standing next to dan lambert it stands out even more i think he's doing it to get heat okay but he can look nice but subtle you know yeah. like do some color coordination do something man do i don't know like it's just not it's just not helping but um, anyhow, uh, they want Sammy Guevara took Scorpio, one of Scorpio Sky's TNT titles. Sammy was smashing it with a sledgehammer. And uh, Frankie Kazarian entered and smashed the belt as well. That belt gets changed a lot. We've had a white TNT title belt. We've had a There's, red one. Uh, we've got a black one. Next one's going to oh, be yellow, I think. Yeah, there's been like at least five or six um, belt designs for the TNT title. I, I want the TNT title to feel like a bigger deal. I personally feel like it died after Miro. I thought it was going to take a little bit of a change with Scorpio Sky, but the hot potato in him with him and Sammy Guevara and continuing this feud is not doing the TNT title any favors, which at one point I was more into the TNT title storyline than I was into the actual world title match. So, you know, I, I just I want them to stay away from this feud and let Scorpio Sky go on and, and establish himself as TNT um, champion. When Cody Rhodes was TNT champion, it was the hottest belt in the business. Now he's gone. Again, everybody is suffering in AEW from this Cody Rhodes effect. Everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did you think about Britt Baker and Tony Storm facing off backstage Issa? I, I can't wait for this match. I'm actually really looking forward to these two women facing off. Especially, I am looking forward to see who wins. It feels a little unpredictable. Um here, right? I, I would prefer for Tony Storm to win here, especially Ruby Soho continues on the other side because I think Tony Storm and, and Ruby Soho will be an excellent final for this tournament. But um, yeah, good face-off. I think I think they're doing a good job at pushing this Owen Hart tournament as a big deal and, and this match is meaning something. Yeah, this is, uh, these tournaments are also good because it kind of forces them to come up with storylines for a lot of these women who don't get a lot of TV time because they're going to have match after match. I love the fact that Tony Storm beat Britt Baker, because I think that also makes it unpredictable where I could see this going either way. I think this is going to be a heated match. Yeah. Um, another update per Andrea on Twitter responding to my post about Sasha Naomi's merch being taken down. 
The Facebook pages for Sasha and Naomi are no longer active. The ones that were run by WWE. It looks like those have been removed as well. Well, Sasha unfollowed them. That's just their way of unfollowing them. So she's I'm gonna delete your Facebook page. <laughs> They're going, you can't tell people how to react. They unfollow you, they delete your page. My yeah, uncle Charlotte he, tells he, me you can't tell people how to react. That's how they're reacting. This is all just one big negotiation. Okay. Okay. Uh, it feels like Mean Girls WWE edition. Yeah. <laughs> follow, follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein and follow uh, This Is Nasty and NYC yeah. Demon Diva as well, Diva to One. I'm sure we'll have more updates about WWE's petty moves against Sasha and Naomi over the weekend as we hear about them. Um, again, this this story hundred times more interesting than anything we saw on TV tonight. Up to another breaking story. There is a child in Europe who got a pair of Sasha Banks sunglasses last week from Sasha Banks. They have confiscated those. Um, so they, this is just getting so ugly. It's poor kids. They have also confiscated the Lamborghini that she uh, used <laughs> to make her entrance at WrestleMania. They have now confiscated that car. So it's never seen again. Just it's getting, it's getting ugly. It's getting well, ugly, wait. guys. Update, update. <laughs> Sasha Banks' relationship with Snoop Dogg has been suspended indefinitely <laughs> as WWE has said to Snoop, hey, you're going to need something from us at some point, pal. Uh, I need you to put that oh, yeah. family relationship on hold. Oh, update. Personal. Update. I just received an email from WWE asking for the glow sticks that they gave us oh. at WrestleMania for their entrances. We have to send those back now. Wow. WWE has just trademarked the color blue. She could no longer have blue hair. She's got to <laughs> dye it immediately. This is, this is horrible. Oh, WWE just trademarked glow in the dark, so Naomi can no longer wear anything oh. that glows in. This is getting ugly. Jeez. Oh, wait. I just got a text from Vince McMahon. Uh, effective immediately. Uh, once again, Matt Morgan is the one and only blueprint. Uh, calling <laughs> Sasha Banks the blueprint was a mistake, and we apologize for any hurt feelings this caused with Matt Morgan. <laughs> Well, there you go. It's good. It's rightful place. See, th- th- there was always his rightful place. So at least we get a happy ending. <sighs> so the main event tonight, <laughs> Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus Dante Martin and Matt Sadal. Sadal? Sadal? Sadal. Sadal. Yeah. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this match? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, I, I was more into the whole leg getting stuck thing because we saw it all over social media Wednesday night. I know, so, so I was waiting for that. As soon as they announced the match, I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about the whole yeah. what was it at work, was it not at work, etc. Um I I I, I love um Mox and Brian and, and Regal and this whole faction and it just feels like AW has some really good tag teams and then the field going on for the tag team titles it just feels like it doesn't even matter right because i feel like these tag teams are a little bit better than than what you have going into this tag title feel like like ftr young bucks the hardy boys uh, brian and mox feel a lot more interesting than jungle boy and lucia soros and and these other tag teams so um the match itself i thought it was fun i thought it was a lot of fun wrestling tonight on aw easy show to watch it went by pretty fast i think they'll do better in the ratings just with it being at seven instead of like 12 in the afternoon so yeah alfred yeah this was um i thought it was uh, overall pretty a uh, good episode and i think if obviously the, the rating should be a little higher who knows with all these time changes that they keep going through i don't think it helps that in two different weeks they're jumping around but it'll should improve you know you shouldn't be hearing from me next tomorrow so it should improve in terms of the overall viewership for these uh for this show yeah but the next week we're back at like 5 30 yeah think. that's the problem yeah 
I am Air Two Dollars saying the leg stuck uh, is on the AEW YouTube channel and the aftermath. So in this match, I too was hoping. I too was hoping that we they would show that. That's what my main interest was. Really distracted me from this match. Me too. I was like, when do we get to the leg? When do we get to the leg? (laughs) Well, let's talk about what happened. So Brian Danielson and John Moxley defeated Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. No, no surprise there. Big brawl broke out with uh, Jericho, Jericho Appreciation Society and Danielson, Moxley and Kingston, Satana and Ortiz after the match. Now you could see Brian Danielson though, like wasn't really shown. The camera wasn't really on him. So that's when it was happening. So I just want to say first, I'm glad Daniel Bryan is okay. I know it was scary. He fell in there. A lot of damage could have been done to his leg. Um, but barring that and the fact that he is okay, I do have to say this is the most spinal tap thing that has happened in professional wrestling in a long time of him just getting stuck between the ramp and the ring for 10 minutes and he couldn't get out. It, it was a work. He was working people. It was just his own game that he was playing. But, you know, according to reports, those close to the situation say this whole thing was a work. Why? He just Brian Danielson's a weird dude. He He's That's one of those true. people, kind of like a comedian. He likes entertaining himself. And sometimes it's funny. It's worth the joke or the rib if it entertains him. And he just apparently th- thought it would be funny if he pretended like he was. Wait, seriously? You yes. This is a good authority. I swear. This is this has been reported. Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer Live. There's a story about it on uh, on Wrestling Inc. It's said that it's Brian Danielson did this as like some game that he's playing. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. It, it does. Was, like, like, what the hell kind yeah. of game is that? You know, it's like when when the teachers tell you we're gonna play a game, and he's just like freaking about knowledge and it's not a real game like nobody wants that like four years ago <laughs> when aj styles was getting hit in the nuts a lot i guess he did a spot on the top rope in the main event where he like was straddling the rope and he was in pain and he just sat there as they went off the air aj styles stayed there in that position while the dark match with cena and whoever <laughs> went on aj was just on the rope the entire time you gotta commit to the bit yeah uh but it was very watchable episode tonight very watchable episode uh did you guys watch dynamite though did you watch dynamite because like there was like a weird promo right back and forth between them and jericho appreciation society and i thought it was so funny that jericho says well uh regal you just became an addict and then he looked at brian and he was like and you haven't done a drug in your life and i'm like okay what do you want from substance abuse do you want them to be addicts do you want them to not do drugs should they find a happy medium (laughs) like i didn't think that made any sense at all (laughs) you can at least do some drugs i mean come on yeah but he was like this one did too many drugs this one hasn't done enough drugs and i was like okay bro yeah daniel bryan should have said this one is just right uh jared one two three four five with the super chat saying people thinking the answer for women being misused by wwe is to go to ew is like being locked up in sing sing and requesting a transfer to alcatraz wow He's not uh, wrong. I mean, that's a good analogy. You're going from one clueless promotion to another when it comes to women. So it's a, this. There's an industry-wide problem. Listen, I was working on this right as that Sasha Banks thing uh, dropped out. I've gotten like eight hours of sleep this whole week, but I'm gonna have a whole piece about how bad this whole industry is at booking women. They do a bad job at booking women, and therefore it reflects when they advertise women, when they put advertisement behind women and tell their fan base these women are gonna be on TV. People tune out. That is not a fault of the women. That is a fault of how badly they are at booking them. 
Yeah. The one thing that I will say that might make a difference here is that Sasha Banks really knows who she is as a character. It can go on the mic, right? There's a lot of feedback that there's not really a creative team in AEW. And you have a lot of women that maybe not have that much experience and they struggle to find their character and to find who they are, where I feel like maybe a Sasha Banks could go in there and not necessarily need creative because she knows exactly who she is and what she wants to do. Same with Naomi. Naomi with the glow and everything that she's done really knows who she is as a character so they might not need the support from creative as much as somebody that's an open-comer would uh stellar justin lopez 499 saying now watch wwe push the tag titles hard just despite both <laughs> uh, sasha and naomi well if they main event that, of wrestlemania what? guess what if that happened guess what who are you gonna think guess what whoever benefits from that all these confused people in the locker room you're welcome like if that is the fallout from sasha banks and naomi leaving well, then, even if it is despite them, they kind of achieved what their goal was, was to have these titles mean something. I'm not going to get into the minutiae of the booking and the titles and the contracts. There is big picture issues that are so much more important, and one of them is them getting paid, which I think they will handsomely. Well, and it's funny tonight, Michael, Court had, Michael Cole almost had to stop short of saying something like uh, they were scheduled for a six-pack, you know, and a lot of people thought uh naomi was a was a lot to win that like he had to stop short of talking the next step yeah. of why they didn't want to do that you know it was very weird um the yeah, women's tag uh, title will main event wrestlemania yeah wow i can see it <laughs> so i just started the main event i started drinking this not a sponsor i started drinking this before tonight's episode and i just finished and i want more desperately olipop has this grape soda this uh 14 uh, or four grams of sugar, nine grams of fiber. I have to say for 45 calories, this is one of the best grape sodas I've ever had. Not it bad. tastes wow. just like the grape soda I remember and love, but it's got probiotic properties and it's very tasty. I don't try not to drink a lot of soda. I'm down like 12 pounds in the last uh, three Ooh. weeks, but I had this little treat tonight and I have to say this Olipop grape. There are other flavors uh, kind of hit or miss depending on your taste buds, but this... Uh, this is a definite winner. I'm going to be ordering much more of this tonight. I need some start order. Grape drink. Thanks. Seriously. Oh my god. And we've been eating ground lupin lately. Do you know about lupin? You heard about lupin? The lupin mm. bean? No. The lupin bean. Okay, so it's a bean, it's a legume. Um and it's pre-cooked, dra- dried and ground up and you rehydrate it, but it's like almost like couscous. We've been using it as like a rice replacement and it's all fiber. It's like no carbs, all fiber and protein been so good i'm the most regular i've ever been in my life the looping <laughs> the looping being sounds like a south park character i'm sorry yes <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> but it's good though it's very filling so we've been having that like as a, as a side with foods or having that in tacos and stuff it's been it's been very good i don't feel like i'm really denying myself but i'm telling you it's a bit of a shock to go to like watching sodium intake and salt and things like that because you realize there's salt in freaking everything you know yeah every yeah. little thing every- all the delicious things have salt I know that's been the hardest thing to replace. And people are like, oh, just squeeze some lemon or lime on it to brighten up the food. And like, no, it's not the same. Just not the same. I haven't been able to eat for like a whole day. So this conversation is great. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How's uh, stuff going on that front? Horribly. But maybe I'll try the looping bean. Well, if you need to pick me up, we watched both Paddington films the last two nights. And because uh, everyone was saying like Paddington 2 had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, one of the best reviewed films of all time. I was like, well, am I going to feel lost if I didn't watch the first Paddington? 
you know? So we watched both of them. I have to say the second one, super solid film. I mean, they're both delightful, but the second one was like legitimately a great movie, great family film, great storyline, bit of a caper movie. Very enjoyable. Highly recommend it for anyone who needs their spirits lifted. And they're both uh, streaming online. Thank you, Glenn, for the suggestion. I personally watch a captive audience on Hulu. It's a true crime documentary. And I highly suggest it. That, that whole thing was so messed up. I didn't realize like this family went through so much. Like they had a kid kidnapped when he was seven. And he came back home like seven years later. Oh, wait, is this and about then- the Stainer family? Stephen yes. Stainer? Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Go and watch yeah. this documentary because it's the family telling the story and then the brother becomes a serial killer. Like it's crazy. It's good okay, stuff. So watch that first, then watch Paddington after you like trying to reconcile the darkness in the universe. And then also watch the Mad TV sketch Clops, which are claymation like cops, the show Cops. And one of them yeah. was Paddington Bear who had a trench coat and he got arrested for flashing people. It's a really great sketch. Watch that sketch after you watch Paddington there. <laughs> uh, this is, this is what we mesh so well because we are so freaking different. <laughs> Monkey Armada is saying my midlife crisis is affecting the show. I've been doing this podcast for six years. I mean, this podcast essentially was there at the beginning of my midlife crisis, and I'm going to ride this out all the way to the end. You know? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yes. It's good times. So let's talk about SmackDown. So now we already spoiled the most interesting part of SmackDown tonight, which yeah. is that suspension. Uh, but man, did they build up the Usos versus RK Bro tonight? And Heyman's promo at the beginning, uh, you know, basically saying is uh, the Usos being the greatest tag team of all time. I mean, we knew they were winning this match. Did we? I was I yeah, was just kind of getting on. nervous, like seeing Paul Heyman say, build this up, and these fans seem very excited. In the back of my mind, I was like, man, I hope they deliver on this because they're really putting a lot behind this, and I thought they might have stretched it out to give them an excuse to do this match at Hell in the Cell, but uh, they ended up delivering, and so it's, looking at it in hindsight, I'm glad they did this. Yeah. Um, I mean, this feud feels like it's been going on forever, but look, it only makes, the booking only makes sense to have the Usos have all the titles. With Roman of having course. both of Yes, absolutely. Of course. I personally couldn't pay attention to Paul Heyman's promo. I was mesmerized by the tribal chief. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got to get you the vital sign. You can order this on Amazon, I'm sure. We got to stick, put all the sticks on and whatnot, and then just have you record yourself with the graph of your vitals when Roman's on screen, and that should be your reaction video. Oh, it's amazing. I, I tweeted a picture of my heart rate um, when he came out of WrestleMania, like right next to me, and it was at like, I think it was like 150-something. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> uh, Steve Marcuccioli, Buck 99, is asking, the best booked women in WWE besides Charlotte Oh, that's an interesting question. I would say, uh, I think Becky is booked well because even Becky. when she loses, it doesn't hurt her. Right. Yeah, she's just Becky. a big star. Bianca, they're doing a good job with Bianca. I mean, they have had Bailey, a couple of hiccups. Bailey was, Bailey was yeah. having a hell of a run during that pandemic. Her and Sasha. Yeah, they were OP. They were the MVPs of the pandemic. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the first match that was Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Shinsuke getting the win. Um, where do you think this ranked Alfred in their pantheon of great matches that they've had since the first to take over Dallas in 2016? 
Yeah, it's a very high bar. That's one of my favorite on, matches ever. Come on. So it's at the bottom. I said, where does like, it rank the- in the Pantheon? I didn't say it was the top. I said, where does it rank? I will say, if this is one of my favorite matches that they've had, because I absolutely love this finish. I thought the finish was so great because I thought Sammy was going to get counted out. And there's an art form to doing that. It's something that they're great at Japan. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're great at that last second count out. It's something they don't do as much as WWE. But since Sammy is such a world travel veteran, he did it perfectly. And it would have been a gr- perfect finish if he got counted out because he's been running from everybody. And um, he got Shinsuke counted out last a couple of weeks ago. So it would have been like he's getting his comeuppance. So I thought that was a finish. But then he got in and then he got immediately Kinsasha. And I thought that was brilliant. I loved it. Very it fun ending. Such a fu- it was such a fun finish. The bloodline shirt pops me every time I see Sammy Sane wearing <laughs> this bloodline ch- shirt. I pop. I tweeted out a video of the Hangover when they do the the toes on the rooftop, and he cuts himself, and he's like, "Blood Brothers." I was like, "I need Sammy Sane to do this next week <laughs> to try to join the bloodline." I can't wait for him to walk up to Roman and be like, "We did it." <laughs> <laughs> Sammy is great, but uh, man, he looks like he spends his off time in in the board game Jumanji, like with that beard he's growing in the hair, you know, like yeah. he just goes away for a year at a time in between matches to keep that mane going. Uh, but very fun match to open the show. And yeah, I love him doing the bloodline hanger on. That's a very uh, clever gimmick. We had Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin cutting a promo, uh, still dissing Moss, talking about his $12,000 hat, you know. Baron, I can tell you we can get one of these for, for a lot cheaper. Uh, $70,000 watch. And uh, he he destroyed the Andre trophy. Yeah, they were. And it was like just Andre's birthday, too. It's very disrespectful. Yeah, yesterday, Andre and more importantly, Malcolm X. But also Andre. It was also the day Paul Mooney died. But Andre the Giant. And May 19th was that day that, what's that movie came out? See No Evil, when they did the big push to that with Kane. It was oh, a big Kane. day in pro wrestling for May 19th. But yeah, it was uh, it was funny because yeah, he destroyed it. But this announced team really went overboard in like saying how egregious this were was. They were just incensed, like, "Oh my god, how dare that scumbag tear up that trophy!" So I'm just glad that Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss, whatever, is getting a gimmick change. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, we had Gunther versus Drew Kulak underway when we came back from commercial break. This is all Ricochet's fault. <laughs> worst motivational speaker in the world yeah gunther won that easily ricochet came out when drew Goo was being attacked so it'll be ricochet. He better the least he could do he set gunther, him up for this gunther's probably going to destroy ricochet at hell in a cell yeah that's that could be interesting so tonight we were introduced to max dupree Who? the head of max dupree have we seen him before under a different name, or is that like a new character? No, I think this is totally new. I'm not not familiar at all. Not sure. He really uh, looks like this one guy in NXT. I can't recall his really? name, but he looks I, yeah, he looks like one of the NXT 2.0 guys. You know, I don't watch NXT. I just uh, show up and read the recaps each week. I've never actually seen the yeah, show. Yeah, I don't know. You know I, don't I do know. watch NXT, and I don't think he looks like anybody in NXT. I don't know if it's me being not observant, but he has a fresh new look <sighs> that it's not like anything yeah. I see in wrestling. You're well, probably right. I'm confusing him with Joe Gacy. My bad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the head of Maximum Male Models. <laughs> his clients oh, that can hill in Paris Faction League or <laughs> WrestleMania. Okay, here's the deal. I think Vince McMahon thinks that Tyler Breeze and Fandango are still under contract. Because you cannot have a male model stable, right? I mean, who are they going to put in this stable? They have to bring them back. 
Well, he's going to be like the agent. He's going to represent yes. people. And yeah, there's going to be people who he perceives as models in his image. You can't, but you but can't. But who, Alfredo? Yeah, who? Mace. He's been doing Mace. matches with Mace. He was the guy, the tall guy, Brandon, when his name is Mace. So they're just going to get the people who you haven't I seen on really... TV with abs. And okay. make them part of this. This needs to be a kind of gimmick where he's like a male model agent, but it's like those ripoffs where you have to pay them like $10,000 yeah. to like yeah. get your picture oh, taken yeah. and get your portfolio, but then you never end up going anywhere. If that's what it is, I, I'll, I'm here for it. I want to see him with Mace and T-Bar in their masks and he's got them like wearing high fashion and teaching them how to catwalk. You we know, need a makeover. Them. Like he starts yeah. cutting their hair and shaving them like, oh my God, that'll be incredible. Actually. Oh, Shadi, Shadi's saying you bring a pretty deadly. That's actually a pretty good call because I mean, pretty deadly are just beautiful men. Yeah, but, I can see that. Um, seriously, I think Vince doesn't realize that he let Breeze and Dango go because they would be perfect for this. Yeah, they absolutely. <laughs> All right, now let's call him up. <laughs> like, uh, boss, we, we let go of them a while ago. Yeah. Uh, Marvin B saying Ronda oh and Shayna for women's tag team. Challenge. I would, love I would never problem with that. Yeah, I would I'm love with to it. see it. You know what? They might end up doing that because, you know, they're going to try to over deliver with this and maybe this will light a fire under their butts to put out better programming. And this could be it. By the way, that line about headlining WrestleMania and fashion week, those exact words were said to me by a WWE executive when I was doing an interview for the rolling loud thing they did. I was talking about how they're going to cross over to the mainstream. It was that exact sentence. So that's a WWE right. mentality all the way on down to LA night. So but in, regards know, they really like this kid. in regards to who they could headline, Fashion Week and just anybody. Week. They're saying that they want to make their wrestlers this global brand to where they could headline WrestleMania just as easily as they could headline a Fashion Week. And then they talked about all these other entities, <laughs> whether it's Rolling Loud or or any other <laughs> entertainment space. Wow, they've got they, it's the WWE propaganda, man. It's life yeah. at work. You hear that, Joe Gacy? You're going to go to Mania <laughs> and Fashion Week. <laughs> With the Druids, too. You got to bring the Druids to Fashion Week. You hear that, Von Wagner? There's hope for you yet, buddy. <laughs> Tailored robes at Fashion Week. Uh, we had Raquel Rodriguez versus Shotzi, heel Shotzi tonight. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this match and Shotzi getting beat so easily? Uh, it, it was fun. I, I expected Raquel to win just because of her performance against Ronda Rousey last week. I, I thought you keep her dominant in case you want to redo that match since we don't have an opponent for Ronda right now. Um, it, it was it's been fun to see a couple of fresh matchups in in SmackDown and seeing Chotzi on TV. Wish it would have been a little more competitive, but I'm not mad at this. Well, and Alfred, what did you think about no Ronda tonight? Because that open challenge last week was so universally loved. I mean, we could have had maybe cut the next match that was super repetitive tonight to have her go against Aaliyah or Shotzi or somebody. 100%. Um, yeah, what would you think of this? It, it might have been Ronda's schedule because I would like to see more of Ronda Rousey as the open challenge person who goes in there and gives a shot because it's an easy way to get rubbed and clearly Raquel Rodriguez has benefited from that. I thought this was great. You know, I know, you know, I, I love Sasha Shotzi, but she's really kind of been defined as somebody right now who's going to be in this role where she's there to kind of make Raquel look good, who's a priority to them. And I think Raquel just kind of is instantly connected with this crowd. I think that match against Ronda was a game changer for her in terms of yeah. having instantly great match and now people immediately know to take her seriously as a star so they were really reacting to her and i just think she's perfect for the main roster she was a good fit in nxt but she's perfect for this main roster i i think that because there's not a lot of women in the smackdown roster maybe this round that um open challenge is like an every other week kind of thing because if you do it every week you're gonna burn through your roster in like four weeks 
that's all they have back there. So I, I, I'm not mad about them not doing it every week. But then if we don't see her, it's better. Because if we would have seen her to then, then she doesn't do the open challenge. She doesn't seem consistent. Yeah. Mm, true, true. So uh, we had Xavier Woods wrestling tonight. Hey, Issa, who did Xavier Woods wrestle tonight? Butch. Butch. Glenn. Butch. Got to get up on the mic. Got to get Butch. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's what I'm talking about right there. So, uh, pretty straightforward match. Xavier Woods winning. Sheamus and Ritaland entered. They attacked Xavier Woods. Laid him out. Um, he said Kofi's going to be back next week. Biggie's injured, so they're going to have a. Th- By the way, they're talking about Biggie's injury in very like laissez-faire terms now, right? But it's not. It's being reported I, that it might be until 2023 before no, we see him. That's what I'm... I mean, well, if we even see him again, and I'm not trying to, to be overly dramatic about it, but that's like a serious neck injury. These things are not binary like uh, something else, but they're like, oh, you know, he injured Biggie. It was like, he might have ended Biggie's career, you know, uh, hope and maybe pray he didn't. He, yeah, maybe since it happened on television, they're playing it down. You know, like yeah, some people of course. Don't, don't really think about that moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think about it. It was crazy. But uh, Xavier said they're going to have a third person for a six-man tag against Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and who next week, Isa? Butch. 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 Very Butch. interesting. Let's go Omas. Maybe they wrap up the Omas storyline on Monday. He shows up on Friday, ready to wiggle. The, Om- the Omas with the New Day. Let's do this. He can wear a unicorn horn. He'll be the world's <laughs> largest unicorn. They could both ride on his back on the way to the ring. Omas. <laughs> Isn't that like super insulting on multiple levels? If with someone else that it has like the same stature as Biggie. Isn't that like. Yeah. See, they shouldn't paint this as trying to replace Biggie. Hopefully this is like. A that's short-term what I'm saying. Thing. I mean, and that, I think that's unfortunately what's going to end up happening is that short term. They're just going to be a third member who holds it down for Biggie. And hopefully they do it correctly. It's just the new day is such lightning in a bottle that I don't think I'll stand for any replacement. Okay. You know, you know what popped in my head who I'd like to see? I think it should be Otis. Oh, that'd be fun. No. He has his <laughs> acting partner. No, 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 no. It needs to be somebody from SmackDown that they're not using right now. Who aren't they using on SmackDown? Yeah, I was thinking Apollo Crews, but he's on Raw. Apollo Crews wouldn't be a bad one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. Um, it would be like Jinder or something. Oh, God, no. You know, Kevin Owens is pretty funny as that third member of the oh, that's true. But that was just to build up him turning on them. It will be Kurt Angle, like when he did fun. the fake shield thing. He'll do the fake New Day thing, too. Well, there you go. It'll be uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Well, they're gonna win uh, the tournament. They're gonna win the tournament. Tonight, <laughs> Let's At go. the commentary uh, tonight, Michael Cole says Sasha Banks and Naomi let us all down. Yeah. Disappointed millions, <laughs> millions, millions, the millions and the millions of disappointed WWE fans by these two women. Unforgivable. You remember those YouTube videos? The unforgivable guy. No, what was that? Oh my God! You got uh, this oh, is OG send... YouTube. Oh, you're gonna laugh. I'm gonna send you the links. You will laugh. I gotta check it out. 
But yes, this is this is great. Listen, I mean, we all love when this happens. I know we're going to react and dissect this, and it's and really again, I'm on Team Sasha Naomi, and I'm not trying to uh, be too biased or whatnot. But I'm always on the side of the athlete when it comes to any situation with negotiations like that because I think it'll move the sport forward when the athletes have more power, and nobody has less power in any sport than WWE superstars do in WWE, where it's just basically the Vince McMahon show. So listen, this is part of what's going to happen when there's a real life walkout. And we just kind of saw history unfold before our eyes. I think we should appreciate it like that. Hmm. Well, here's what scares me about this. Uh, they said there will be a future tournament to crowd new women's tag team champions. Future is very open-ended. Yeah. They could have said Money in the, bank. the first round will yeah. be Monday on Raw and the finals will be at Hell in a Cell. That would have made me feel better. If we involve the NXT women's tag teams in this, that's at least four matches they could have next week. Uh, between teams from there, Raw and SmackDown, I am very worried that they are not going to be in a hurry to fill these vacant championships. Yeah, that must be part of the problem. Like, it, it'd be funny if they played this out over the next two months, and then at the end of the two months, their contracts are maybe they come back. Well, they're going to do a tournament to to get tag teams to then do the tournament for the tag team titles. <laughs> They should have like a speed dating like segment, but it's just women oh, talking yeah. to each other to see which one has the best chemistry and there's your tag team. Like that would be incredible. I actually love that idea. That that's a great idea. See, this is why you need more women on the creative team. That that's a tremendous idea. Are there women on the creative team currently? There are here and there. They're uh, producers. Yeah. I know Molly yeah, Holly's. I think a there's one or two. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't understand how they have this division and they've never had ideas for it. Or any yeah. sort of creative spirit, you know? And it's, yeah. it's kind of a company because with the top, top stars, WWE is always so much better. That's why it's so frustrating to see the creative issues throughout the card where you see a Roman Reigns that they put over. Cody Rose, they have to be on their best behavior and book him to get AEW free agents. And they have done a tremendous job with this guy. They've done the Cody counter, which has helped their ratings. The They've Cody had countdown. No 50-50 booking with Cody. All the things that people complain about with WWE, they're not doing any of those with Cody because they know they need to make him a new star. So they're perfectly capable of this. And maybe this is a frustration of Asasha and Naomi. It's like, we know you guys can book competently. You just choose to relegate a lot of these wrestlers to nonsensical storylines. Yeah. The last time I cared about these titles was when Sasha and Bailey had them, and they have also the SmackDown and the Raw Women's title. Like I thought, the, the pandemic, yeah. the pandemic, they made me tune in, and it was great. But that is the last time I remember really caring about this. I I'll did, you, I did get back into it because of Naomi and Sasha. Yeah, yeah, I could see them unifying it with the NXT Women's Tag Titles. It'd be very easy to. I mean, there are like five women's tag teams in NXT. Yeah, there's a lot. They really should. Uh, so let's talk about the main event tonight. We had RK Bro versus the Usos in a winner takes all tag team championship unification match. Issa, did this live up to all your hopes and dreams? It did. It did. I, I thought that, like Alfred said, we were a little skeptical about it. But as the show went on and I saw the hype for the match, I was like, if they don't pay this off, it's going to be a disaster. So I, by the time the main event rolled around, I, I was in there thinking we were going to have a clean finish tonight just because of the way they hyped it. And the time that they gave it, the match itself started at 940. Um, I thought this match was really good. I feel like I had to go back and watch their, their Survivor Series watch one and see which one I like. 
like more because I thought they killed it at Survivor Series. Um, but I, I, I personally really like this. I love the ending. I thought that, um, first of all, in between the match, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Paul Heyman and, and Pat were having just a stare down on the commentary mm-hmm. desk. They were just staring at each other. It was the funniest <laughs> thing I've seen. But um, yeah, I really, really liked this. And I thought that it felt like there was a lot of momentum back on the bloodline side that they needed after this win. I know they've been winning like Alfred said, but it really felt like a change in the atmosphere, ending SmackDown with them holding all of these belts. What do we do from here? That is the question. You can reset all of these stories and start like building good stories for all of them, but I'm worried that the Usos are now going to have the Roman Reigns effect of there's nobody for them and they're just going to walk around with these belts. Well, in the short term, Alfred, do you think that because the uh, Roman helping Jay by grabbing his leg to avoid the super RKO that there's going to be a rematch at Hell in a Cell with the Usos and RK-Bro? Uh, I could see that. I could definitely see a rematch. Uh, Roman Reigns, I don't believe, is going to be at Hell in a Cell. So this could be a match that headlines the pay-per-view and even gives them a reason to have the match inside a cell to prevent outside interference. Uh, So, yeah, I could see that being a Hell in a Cell match. I could also see Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton down the line. Maybe that's part of the reason that they had... Roman Reigns I think I think to, Roman to versus Riddle makes more sense just because of the Riddle attack on Roman last week and Roman kind of went a little more hard on Riddle than he did on Randy tonight but regardless he just attacked both of them children were crying yeah <laughs> I can see both I can see both you know I can see Ro- Roman and Riddle be good for like an upcoming pay-per-view maybe they'd save the Roman Randy for a stadium and then uh, but a oh, pay-per-view yeah. main event Roman Reigns and Riddle would be good too sure no good match tonight very <laughs> But yeah, the problem is once this feud is over, I tell you, the Roman and the Usos just need to like retire or maybe, maybe SmackDown becomes their show and they just run the show. Well, now's a perfect perfect time to unify, to actually create new titles that like is one title. Now that all three of them have these two titles, Mm. like that's a great visual and stuff like that. But I think they should have some kind of ceremony to where now Roman Reigns has a new WWE belt and they have new tag team belts. No, hear me out. They create both new belts, right? Unified belts. But then they pull an AEW and they still carry the old belts, like what they do with the TNT title. You know how Sammy Guevara was carrying both? (laughs) So that way they're carrying like freaking nine belts or something like that. (laughs) The ultimate dragon. If they create new belts, and remember the Fiend title, this is going to, they're going to call it the Bloodline belt and it's going to have like a little vial of their blood (laughs) in the middle of the title, in the middle of the championship belt. Just like uh, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly did. When they, I'm they telling you, you think I'm kidding. This just popped in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. If there's a Bloodline title, like, that's 100%. <laughs> Blood will enter the equation. Yeah, that would be hilarious if Riddle and Randy Orton went on to both lose to Roman Reigns because that's essentially the storyline they wanted to do with Sasha Banks and Naomi yeah. is have the tag team champions go off and lose to the world champions. So they're going to get their storylines over no matter what. Yeah. Watchable SmackDown. Uh, Hell in a Cell, by the way, two weeks away. And aside from RK Bro and the Usos and Seth and Cody, well, yeah, and Gunther and Ricochet. I'm not seeing a lot, but I was gonna say, uh, aside from Uso and uh, RK Bro and then Gunther and Ricochet, I'm not seeing a lot of SmackDown. Yeah, but I'm I'm, saying SmackDown, SmackDown. Yeah, there's not a lot booked yet. You're right, two weeks from Sunday for Hell in a Cell. Two weeks. I think I think RK bro and the Usos inside the cell would just be a spectacle. 
Like, I think it will be a fun match to watch. Oh, it will. I wonder now if they have both titles. I mean, Alonzo saying what a lot of us are thinking. Uh, now that Jimmy is a unified tag team champion, Jimmy might have some pull depending on how he feels about how WWE is treating Naomi. Yeah, but he didn't need those belts. Those are the last belts that he would ever even need to have a pull. And it's already there. The The last name, Anawai, is his pull. Yeah, but no, but if they suspend him right now, like they got no hell in a cell main event. No, they're definitely not suspending. That would be that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He might be able to have some pulling. Jimmy, Jimmy's probably still not in in fully out of the hot waters himself. So He's I think a unified he should just, champion. He <laughs> should just stick around with hanging out with Jay and, and 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 Roman, and he can support his wife without. I think he will. I think we'll eventually hear all sides to the story, okay. right? But. You know, I don't know. You know, Jimmy hasn't been a perfect angel either. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also just about because it goes up to Roman Reigns, who th that's the connection. It's Jimmy, but it's also Roman Reigns. It's a whole family to where if Jimmy was pissed off and they decided they did want to do something to piss him off, best believe Roman Reigns would probably insert himself and try to, to help the situation. I mean, yeah, if they lost tonight, they were going to be homeless. Roman said it. Yeah. They were going to get kicked out of their house. I, it's serious. Imagine. Yes. Yes. Imagine that. Uh, so, good night for wrestling tonight. Fun podcast tonight. Thank you, yeah. everyone, for joining us. Follow NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Alfred Conowaz at This Is Nasty. I'm at Rubenstein. Yeah. Ongoing updates about the petty measures that WWE is taking against Naomi and <laughs> Sasha. Tonight, we didn't do it the other night. Tonight, we're going to watch Boomerang. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Got a new episode of The Offer on Paramount Plus to check out this weekend. It's going to be going to be some good uh, good home entertainment this weekend. Looking forward awesome. to it. Thank you, everyone, for turning out. We will catch you back Tuesday to talk about NXT. And until then, everybody, take care. Have a great weekend, and we will see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.